Hello, podcast fans. This is Falcon Paladin coming to you with his co-caster Wade for another Falcon Paladin hour. Welcome aboard. And once again, as always, how is your Tuesday slash Monday going, Wade? Uh, my Tuesday's going pretty good. It's reasonably sunny outside. It was rainy yesterday and I was worried that was going to continue, but it didn't. So I'm happy. Yes, Australian winter, I imagine. Lots of rain, lots of overcast, kind of cooler temperatures, but if the sun's out, it's a good day. Well, the sun's out a lot. It doesn't rain all that much in winter here, actually. This might be the first time it's rained all winter. I guess you are a desert. I think we talked about that a couple podcasts ago. 80% a desert. Yeah, and we're, did we figure that out where you are specifically? Is it considered a desert? Where I am? No, it's not a desert here. Okay. I mean, you're coastal enough because everybody, I mean, most everybody's coastal enough that you get something off the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, yeah, today we're casting this on a Monday, which is kind of my day off from StarCraft casting. You notice no new posts on Monday, which I thought I had made clear that that was going to be happening. As long as I cast with Gauntlet on Sunday, I wouldn't be posting stuff to my channel on Monday. But I got a post to one of my casts here from Hello Keithy. He said, it's getting dangerously close to the end of the day. Where's the upload? <laughs> Yeep. And I was just like, you know what? I have no patience for this right now. I just responded. I take Mondays off when I cast for Gauntlet on Sundays. Check out what I did here. Here's the link. <laughs> <laughs> I was not I was not particularly pleasant with that response because I thought I'd made it abundantly clear that's what's happening. But some people missed the memo, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine if you only have time to sit down like once a week. I mean, you don't mention it in every tweet and every video, so he might just miss all the updates. Yeah, honestly, that's a big struggle that I have with the channel is if I want to get information out to everybody, I pretty much have to mention it in every cast for about three weeks to nail everyone who's watching at all consistently. Like, for example, I'm doing a Q&A <laughs> yes. for everybody who subscribed to me on Patreon at over five or $5 or more a month, and I'm not getting any questions because I don't think people know about it it's uh. i mean i've visited your patreon page a couple times and i can I, I find it every time and i always look and i see okay 98 patrons three questions <laughs> yeah what's going on i mean in fairness i did a q a last summer just for everybody so i mentioned it a few times on the channel and i probably got 10 questions so <laughs> Maybe people just don't want to know things about me, which I find odd because I'm not super open about my personal life necessarily. I figured people would want to know something, but no, I'm just an open book. Everybody already knows everything they want to know about the Falcon Paladin. I think you're more open than you realize. Mm, <laughs> that's very possible. That's entirely why I reached out to make a podcast with you is because the parts where you were open were super fascinating. Oh. So, you know... That you, you're, you're pretty open sometimes. Like, when there's just a dead spot in the game, you'll go off on some tangent about, like, having seven siblings. And eight, but yeah. Eight, eight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and using water for soup. Oh, yeah, like tomato soup? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that little rant. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe I do. Maybe they're like, we don't, why should I subscribe for $5 a month to get stuff I get for free anyway? What a dummy Falcon Paladin is. It's a good point. It is a good point. But anyway, this is open to podcast subscribers, too. If you want to subscribe to me on Patreon for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash Falcon Paladin and ask me a question, I will answer it. Which, again, is maybe not as much of a draw as I thought it was, but we're going to keep keep it going anyway. And if you come from the podcast, please do include a message that says you have to send half of the money to me because I think that's yes. only fair. Yeah. I mean, yep. I don't have a Patreon, so I'm just going to go with the honor system here with Falcon. Yeah. Uh, yes, that seems like a legitimate <laughs> strategy. We'll do that. <clears throat> Boy, man, nobody, no new subscribers to Patreon. <laughs> Certainly none that came from the podcast this month. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, casting with Gauntlet yesterday was a lot of fun. I cast with Just Jordan. It is X, Just Jordan X. It's not a great caster name. I think his name really is Jordan which, if it wasn't Jordan, it'd be weird that his caster name was another typical dude name. It's like if I cast as, like, Alex or something. It doesn't make any sense. His name's Frederick. Well. Maybe it is. He doesn't sound like a Frederick, though. Anyway, it's good. It's good chemistry. It's just the Gauntlet Global Open. Anybody can sign up for this thing. So if you are a higher-level player, master, GM, you know, pro, maybe if you're listening to this podcast, you can check it out. 
um, twitch.tv slash gauntletsc2. But there's a player named Penguin who's not the Penguin from Psystorm Gaming. He's a Penguin who is Korean and kind of an up-and-coming player in StarCraft 2. And he has just kind of wrecked the field the last couple of times I've cast that tournament. So if you're interested in watching high-level stuff, Penguin will give that to you. But if you're looking for him to be challenged a lot, we need to wait for somebody, some hero, to come sign up for that thing and actually make him slow down a tiny bit. Maybe we could actually get hero. Mm. Ooh, we could. Just tweet at him incessantly until he joins. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a $50 winnings, 50 bucks. Yesterday, the tournament was an hour and 40 minutes of play. And Penguin earned $50 for that. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, you know, that's okay, hourly rate. Well, and he didn't even have to play the whole time because we held up his series in the semifinals so we could finish the first one and then cast his. Mm. So he had like a half an hour. We didn't do anything and then came back on. I mean, I mean, he had to be around, so it's not like he could just do whatever he wanted. So that kind of counts as time wasted, time spent. So an hour for 50 bucks is a pretty good hourly rate. I don't care who you are to play StarCraft, oh, mind yeah. you. An hour with breaks. Yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. That's better than what I get at work. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Speaking of work, oh man, for those of you who don't know, and I guess I've mentioned this on the channel, so once again, this is me being open and not realizing it, <laughs> but I work, I do quality assurance for a software company. And so we always say, all right, guys, before we release the final version of this product, we need a lot of time to test because things go wrong. You got to fix things. We need to retest stuff that was broken and now works again. We like to have time where it just kind of sits and we wait to see if any problems manifest on their own over the course of about a week. We need these things and life will be much easier for you, we promise. And management always says, oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. But every single time, without fail, somehow, it's like, all right, you guys have three days to test. And if anything goes wrong, we're going to move into the date that we want to release on. And that's what happened this time. Surprise! So we, it's been a madhouse. It was a madhouse today trying to figure out what this problem was and we're supposed to release tomorrow and everybody's freaking out. And it's like, look, we wouldn't have this freak out if you had just built some of this into the schedule in the first place. Why are they releasing it early? Uh, If it's, okay, you have three days to test, go. And you clearly need longer than three days. Is it just they want to cut costs? The answer is mostly marketing in these situations. Okay they've promised a date to get something out that coincides with like their marketing calendar. Psychologically, it's better for this day versus that month. And so they want it during this time and somehow they can sell this to upper management every time. And this date comes out of nowhere, kind of as far as we're concerned and then bad stuff happens. So hmm. if you ever find yourself in management of a software company, remember this, remember what Falcon said about giving QA the time they need to do their job. Uh, since I have no software skills at all, I don't think that's really relevant to me. No, no. But you might, you might find yourself there someday, though. <laughs> yes, maybe one day. Some, someday. You never know. <laughs> never. So yeah, so that's what's been going on with me. Crazy stuff at work, casting with Gauntlet, having a day off on the channel. How are things in Wadeland recently? Well, last week uh, I celebrated my five years at my current job. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. Did we get this on the nope. version of the podcast we nope. recorded? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Give us the rundown. Tell us what we talked about. Uh, so, basically, I got asked to come into work on my day off to have cake because I had been at my job for five years. Which is the worst deal in the history of deals. Yes, uh, mainly because I work in the department that makes cakes. So, it was like oh, all your coworkers are going to have to make extra work to feed you and i'm like oh, i don't want to be here because i'll have to talk to people mm. i got there five minutes early and they said oh it'll be ready in half an hour and i said i'm not waiting half an hour i have a podcast to go record and so i left <laughs> nice way to stand up for yourself wait i'm very proud of you <laughs> thank you <laughs> so okay you have to talk to customers i assume no well occasionally sometimes <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, I was going to say, it's not like a you work at a counter type thing, but every once in a while you do. I work at a bakery and sometimes, like I'm a qualified baker, so I don't really have to talk to the customers, but sometimes we're a short staff, so I have to help pack, which is 
you know, on like the other side of the bakery, but you know, customers are walking by and if something's not on the shelf or they just can't find it, they'll be like, Hey, do you guys have hot dog rolls? And I'll be like, uh, can you not find any out there? Let me pack you some. And then someone else will come by and be like, Hey, do you have any hot dog rolls? And I'll be like, yeah, I packed There's <laughs> another one. I should have put more out there. Um, okay. So it's not like people find you and yell at you though. I mean, if you don't have what they want, they do. Oh, okay. That does happen then. Yeah, well, it, it does happen. I haven't had anyone specifically yell at me, but I have seen people yell at other staff members. And because I'm not in the management, I'm just a baker. But in terms of hierarchy in a bakery, baker is like below management above everyone else. <laughs> so okay. if there's nobody else around and then someone's yelling at a packer, or someone who's just here to help and from another department, I kind of have to step in. So okay, I have been there and been like, sir, can you please leave? Please don't harass myself. I will call security. Oh, so you're not one of those places where the customer is always right. That always drives me crazy. Well, that's because the customer is never right. The customer just <laughs> thinks they're right. It drives you crazy because it's the opposite of truth. Yeah, I mean, I've worked places where that was that was the general policy. The customer's always right, but there was a line. There was a line the customer could cross where they'd be asked to leave and never come back, which was always nice to see. It was rare enough that it was like, pull out your camera, pull out your phone, and record this event because you're never seeing it again. <laughs> Escorted out by the security. But it sounds like that might be more of a frequent occurrence at your place of business. It's, I mean, I've been working there five years. I, you know, It's bound to have happened at least once or twice. I'm not saying it's every day. Okay. No. I mean, today when I was leaving work, I did nearly get hit by a car. So. Oh. Yeah. So I. I mean. I park as close to the like entry door as possible because it's like midnight when I get to work, so I don't want to park way off in the parking hmm. lot, and I can only park three spaces close to the door because the two closest spaces are for reserved for people with prams. And there's a wall at one of the ends of the parking lot. So there was a car parked in the space close to mine. And of course, I can't go in front of the car. I have to go behind them. And I get about halfway behind this car and they start reversing. <laughs> Not looking. <laughs> yeah, talking to his partner in the, in the passenger seat. You know, I turn and sidestep and then I just stare at them through their window. And they're like, <laughs> roll down their window and they're like, sorry, sir. And I'm like, it's okay. Just, you know, watch it next time. Thank you for not murdering me by accident. Much appreciated. Being in like full motorbike gear and stuff probably made me look a little intimidating, so it helped. Oh, yeah. It's all black and intimidating. Nice. Well, I'm glad you're not dead. That, uh, that story had a good ending. Me too. <laughs> it did. Okay, so Baker question for you. Okay. So Game of Thrones, I forget. Is that something you watch? Uh, I've seen We've some. talked about this. I've seen some Game of Thrones. Okay. So do you know the character Hot Pie? <laughs> is it like the guy that was with Arya? And, yeah. Yeah, and then he like stays behind to bake. Yes. Okay, that's Hot Pie. Yeah. Okay. So he has a line where someone's like, man, Hot Pie, this pie is really good. What's your secret? Okay, so here's what he says. I brown the butter before I use it in making the pie. It makes all the difference. Not many people take the time. Is this a technique that you use in your baking? Uh, me personally, no. Uh, oh. I work in basically a supermarket bakery. So while I was qualified to do stuff like cakes and pastries and pies, although specifically in Australia, we would make meat pies, not like dessert pies. Oh, yes. The meat pie is a wonderful thing America needs to get in on. Oh, yeah. If you want, I'll send you some. We've got some delicious meat pies. Here. How long would it take to get here is my only question. Uh, I don't know, but you can ship stuff frozen. And since you can buy frozen pies and then just bake them in the oven. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, we'll, do, we'll work this out offline. We will. Yeah, so I don't work with a lot of butter. I make mostly bread-based products. Okay. Yeah, and work has a thing where they're like, well, we need to cut costs and be efficient. So we're going to use the simplest methods of making stuff, which is essentially instead of you weighing up your flour and then all your other ingredients and, you know, mix that up. We're just going to provide you with bags of flour that already have that stuff mixed in, and then you just add okay. yeast and water and mix. Yeah, alright. Fair yeah. enough. So, it's like the the box cake mixes, except you have to add yeast, which you don't usually have to do with those boxes. Yeah, they usually have self-raising flour, but for various reasons, we use fresh compressed yeast. So. Okay. 
Oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for baked goods. <laughs> I do got to So I was uh, spent some time in Madagascar on a church proselyting mission. We got evacuated and sent to South Africa due to some civil unrest. So we're in South Africa and my first week there with some other people who knew their way around and we went to a bakery and got a meat pie like for breakfast. <laughs> it was amazing. Like it probably wasn't even all that good. I think it was just a chain. I mean, it's basically going to McDonald's for meat pie, right? Okay. But it was so good. And I haven't really been able to find a good meat pie in the States since I've come back. And I'm surprised. Like it's an incredible invention and the fact that it's not all over the place here makes me question a lot of things <laughs> uh you can get meat pies just about everywhere here we have a shop yeah. called pie face where you can just get meat pies oh. uh, and if you like go to sydney there's like six on every street they nearly match 7-eleven where there's one on every street corners and you can get meat pies in 7-eleven uh, nice yeah do you have steak and kidney pie yes do you like it uh, I like chunky steak and pepper pies, but not the kidney pie. Not the kidney. No, okay. No. Um, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's because you were a British colony, the reason that you have the meat pie. Yeah, that would be it. Oh, man. One time. Okay, so we have what's called TAFE, and that's where they send apprentices to get, you know, baking and butching qualifications. And so every week we'd make something different. And one week it was finally time to make meat pies. And I had the best teacher, a guy named Andrew. And he says, all right, here's the kind of meat pies we're going to make. We're going to make plain meat pies. We're going to make chili beef pies. And then we're going to make something special. And turns out he had asked one of the older students to bring in Jack Daniels. And we made <laughs> Jack Daniels beef pies. <laughs> nice. Yes. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> all, all the alcohol obviously evaporates right out of Yeah, them, during but, the cooking process. But it just tasted so good cannot words cannot describe have you have you made it since no oh uh mainly because i don't have the equipment at home and i can't reasonably do something like that at work uh, yeah I, that I, makes sense oh it'd be like at work saying hey can i take an hour and a half off to make something that we can't sell also i need to bring in stuff that you could fire me for drinking if i have it on the premises hmm what if it was part of like a celebration? Like what if it was part of somebody's five-year doohickey and they let you just take an hour and a half to make this thing for everybody? Uh, maybe, maybe? Well, they would, well, they're not going to ask me to do, uh, they're not going to ask me to do an hour and a half of work on my, for, you know, my day off for my five-year celebration. And I'm sure as hell not going to make it on my day off for someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can participate. Come on. It's not like you don't get any. Right, but if I wanted some, I could I could reasonably make it at home. It would just take a lot longer and require a lot more work. Yeah, fair enough. I was wondering, too, if there was an element of, I do this all day at work, why would I want to do the same thing when I get home? Yeah, there is that, too. Okay. Yeah. My aunt, she went to massage therapy college, mm -hmm. and she lived with us while she was doing this because we lived close to where she was going to school. And yeah, when she would come home in the evening, she had no interest <laughs> in practicing her skills on anybody in our household. That's for sure. Just so sick of it. I imagine so. Like, do you get home and test software? I do not. Sometimes I have to. Like, if I, there's a problem and I'm trying to narrow down what the problem is, kind of, it's kind of like bug testing. Right. And it, yeah, it gets to me after a long day. It's like, ah, oh, do I... I I have to figure this out now. I just spent eight hours doing this. <laughs> Not a good feeling. Well, they only give you three days, man. You got to make sure it gets done, right? Mm, that's true. Yeah. I'm glad I cannot take my work home with me. No. But Impossible. I do get asked at every like family event and stuff, so do you bake at home? And I'm like, heavens no. Because <laughs> <laughs> then... Then, then everyone would be like asking me to bake them and there on the spot. And why didn't you bring any? <laughs> they would. But when I was in TAFE, we got to, we would spend the day making stuff. And then we were allowed to pay for it if we wanted to take some home. Yeah. I would take home various pastries and breads and all this kind of stuff. And at the time, I'd, uh, I didn't have a mode of transport. And carrying a box of pastries and stuff, I'd be on the train. 
and <laughs> everyone on the train would look at me and mean like you're bringing the freshly baked goods onto a train into a metal box crammed with people this smells amazing yeah people instantly yeah. became my best friend uh <laughs> who i refused to talk to because <laughs> they were strangers on the train and they'll probably murder you for your baked goods or just straight up it is possible but I did have a friend who I'd occasionally like bump into on the train, and I'm pretty sure he started like, intentionally catching that train because oh. I'd have baked goods for him. And because I, I knew him, I'd be like, yeah, sure, have a cinnamon twist. Why not? Oh, a cinnamon twist sounds incredible. Where can I find one of those? There's a supermarket nearby that does have a pretty good bakery, pretty upscale supermarket. Not to give, I think they close at like. 11 my time this might work out this might work out after the podcast where i can go down and get some you're gonna make a run for baked goods make a 10 p.m run for baked goods <laughs> come on what's the point of living if you can't do that honestly i mean yeah that's a good point uh, mm. i'm just gonna see if i can try and find a photo of something i made because my friends would post it to facebook and be like look at what we made in class and i would be like please don't oh, yeah. tag me in anything um, but did they anyway? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So I cannot f find photos because there's one of me at TAFE and it's like they forced everyone to put their heads down around a camera and I'm like, that's not quite right. That's not, that's not food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, it is not. There might be something on my phone, but that's in the other room. So if I find it later, oh. I'll, I'll tweet it at you. All right, and then I'll retweet. And if you're interested, you can see it on my Twitter feed at Falcon Paladin, easy to find, or at Wade's at Somicron. At AT Somicron. Yes, AT Somicron. Just to add a level of complexity. Well, I wanted to be able to say at at, so. Oh, <laughs> is that what that was? <laughs> like from Star Wars? Yeah. At at? You know what? I never heard that until about four years ago. One of my coworkers called them at at's, huge Star Wars fan. And I was like, aren't they AT ATs? It's like ATST. They're not ATSTs. To differentiate between an ATAT and an ATST, you would then explicitly use ATAT. Otherwise, in general conversation, you can just call them ADATs. ADATs. Hmm. I mean, big Star Wars fan pretty much my whole life until recently. I'd never heard them called ADATs. So I don't know where it comes <laughs> from. They don't call them that in the movie. No. Oh my god, these ADATs are coming in to our base. Oh no. Do they call? Do they, they call them ATATs specifically in the film? They maybe not. I don't think so. It's just part of like the marketing materials and the toys. <laughs> call them ATATs. It was just a name that they had associated with it. So when the toys were getting made, they had to like, well, we got to call them something. Yeah, and George Lucas is like, fine, they're ATATs. Mm. Anyway, Star Wars. Complete subject change. Have we talked about Rick and Morty on the podcast? We have not. Are you a Rick and Morty fan, Wade? I have never seen it at all. <sighs> I'm sorry. Highly, like, the best show on TV recommended level stuff here. Yeah? It is. And it's only, I think, 10 episodes per season. There's only two seasons. Third episode started this year. So it's not a lot of stuff to catch up on. Okay. It's not like I'm asking you. And it's 22 ep or minute episodes. So this is like the shortest seasons of anything you can ever be asked to watch. This is not hour long, 22 episode seasons here where there's eight of them, which is just a crazy thing. Anybody who asks me like, Hey man, you should watch this show. And I'm like, how is it really 10 seasons and an hour long episodes? Like, yeah, man, you should do it. I'm like, can't, it's impossible. <laughs> I will never catch up on that, but come on two seasons, 22 minutes per episode, 10 episodes per season. Done. Uh, I'll consider it. Okay. So, I still on Adult Swim. So here's the thing. The new episode came out and they released it on adultswim.com for free. Oh. But people in other countries were like, we can't watch this. It's blocked in our country. Mm -hmm. And you know what one of the countries was? Australia. 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 I was like, man, people do not get along with Australia for some reason. We're kind of unfriendly sometimes. Oh, it's your fault. I thought it was other people's fault. But if you want to take responsibility... I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I may have misspoke there. Mm. Well, it's on Netflix, so I guess that's a start. Uh, okay. It's on Netflix? Yeah, Rick and Morty's on Netflix. What? Since when? To the Netflix. <laughs> that uh, extra episode of season three is on Netflix as well. 
holy shamoly because i watched it for the first time last year and they were only on hulu plus like i had to pay for extra hulu to watch these things and it was totally worth it okay hang on let me see look at american netflix and see if it's here <laughs> i'm gonna laugh so hard if it's not there rick oh my gosh i don't think it is rick and morty explore titles related to rick and morty holy crap <laughs> that's amazing you have it streaming? Yeah, I've got it streaming on Netflix, man. Oh my gosh. No, we don't have it streaming. Well, this is the first time Australia wins a media battle. That was incredible. Yeah. Woo. So you have seasons one and two and season three, episode one. Yes. The racial redemption. You're going to have watched all of these by the time we do our next podcast. That's oh, your homework. Uh, what? All of them? All of them. Come on. It's 20, 20, hang on, 22 minutes times 10 is 5 hours times 2 is 10 hours Season over the course of, okay, fine, 10 and a half hours over two weeks. You can do this for me. Over two weeks. I have one week. Over one week. And I have to edit the podcast. That takes hours. <sighs> can I give you two weeks? <laughs> Look, I will do it in one only because <clears throat> my brother has also been nagging me to watch the show. Oh, good. The tag team. Yes. The tag team is always nice. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so excited to talk about Rick and Morty with you. It is so good and so smart and just friggin' hilarious on every level. All right. I am adding it to okay. a list. Yes. My day is complete. I was like, what am I going to do today to make it worthwhile? I hadn't come up with anything yet, but I just found it. Getting somebody to watch Rick and Morty is everything. I... I suppose so. I now have Orphan Black and Rick and Morty on the list to watch. Yeah. Orphan Black is a bigger commitment. I'm not giving you a deadline with that one. Thank God. Okay. Yes, I, I did watch like the first five minutes before the last week's uh, podcast, like before we sat down oh. to record. And I'm like, huh? oh, this is like 40 minutes. I don't have time to finish this. Ugh. So I just turned it off and watched something else that I could like stop halfway through and not care about. Yep. Those 40 to 44 minute episodes are beasts. Mm. And especially since Orphan Black has six, seven seasons now, it adds up. It adds up a lot. Does it? Yeah. It's on the it's on the last season right now, which is nice. Like having an end date for something you're watching is a good feeling. Okay. I only have four uh, seasons. Season five. Yeah. Five is airing right now. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be available on anything. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Yes, man, Orphan Black, crazy, crazy show. Mm. So you watched the first five minutes. So you saw a, like a woman stepping out and hitting by a train and then another woman stealing her purse. Yeah. Oh, man. First season's so good. Mm. Uh, you're, you are in for a roller coaster ride, but Rick and Morty first. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Priorities. 100 million percent. Okay. What else is going on? Also, ooh, I've been listening to another podcast. Oh. I've, been, I've been cheating on our podcast with somebody else. How dare you? I know. Scandalous. <laughs> One of my coworkers suggested the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I can never remember. It's a generic generic name. Mm -hmm. So Darkest Night. Isn't that generic? That's pretty that, that's generic. That's pretty generic. Yeah. So it's called Darkest Night, and it is... Anywhere from 15 to 20 minute episodes each season is about 10 episodes. So kind of the same thing as a Rick and Morty, but you can listen to it. You don't have to watch it. And it's, it's a horror. It's a horror genre. Mm -hmm. It's kind of Twilight zone -y, right? Like each episode is kind of a new story with new characters and a brand new situation you've never seen before. And it's all supernatural on some level. Every one of those is a little bit crazy. And one thing I do have to say about this show is it is not for the squeamish because, yeah, it's not visual, but man alive when, I mean, certain things happen, certain people die in a certain way. I'm trying not to spoil things. The audio is like spot on disgusting. Like you can see it, how well they do the audio. And I don't get grossed out by stuff usually like big time Game of Thrones fan, which has some of the grossest stuff on TV, but for some reason, whatever they're doing with the audio is getting to me. Like to the point where I was like, I don't know if I want to start season two. Season <laughs> one was so, so affecting. 
It's, it's giving me jibbly. just thinking about it right now. Okay, well, I'll also put that on the list. All right, we'll put it in the show notes. Yep, that, that I will. Have you watched any Twilight Zone? Is that something that's part of the Australian zeitgeist? The Australian what? <laughs> zeitgeist! It's a German word. Uh, thank you. Um, that doesn't explain what it means, though. It is the dominant set of ideals and beliefs that motivate the actions of the members of a society in a particular period of time. That was the original definition. Oh, okay. Uh, but today it more means the TV shows and movies and music everybody knows in a society. Oh, okay. Like the omnipresent media. Right. Uh, I think some people have seen it. I've never watched any of it. Okay, but you've heard of it. You know no, it exists. I've heard of it. I, don't, I couldn't name any characters out of it. Yeah, so that's the thing. There aren't characters. Oh, okay. Uh, Twilight Zone is, again, it's uh, little bottle episodes, mm. which just means it's self-contained story, self-contained characters. Although, bottle episode can also refer to a show that uses existing characters you're familiar with in a self-contained plot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You're familiar with that? Yep. But this is, I'm pretty sure they don't reuse characters in the Twilight Zone. Okay. It's, I mean, the iconic image from the Twilight Zone is the dude who's on the plane, right? And he's flying somewhere and he looks out of his window and there is a, like a, a, like a monster, an ape person sitting on the wing of the plane, like ripping open panels and pulling wires out of this plane wing. Have you seen this before? No. Ugh. I think I've seen The Simpsons do a parody of that though. Yeah, that works. Okay. That totally works. <laughs> yeah, part of the zeitgeist. Okay. I'm going to send you the picture of this. Oh, I'm getting links. All right. So that you can be... Yeah, it's called Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Ooh. And is it William Shatner? It's William Shatner who stars in this episode. I don't think I knew that. You send the link? No, there it is. Oh, okay. Because my Skype was doing something. Um... That's a young William Shatner, Captain Kirking it up. Mm. Is he the guy on the wing or the guy in the seat? No, he's the guy in the seat. Okay. I don't think I've really seen William Shatner in anything either. Except for the Star Trek. I've never seen Star Trek. Mm, fair enough. Except for like the two Abrams movies. The first yeah. two. Yeah. I think we talked about this on the podcast that never was. <laughs> There's so much lost material in that. I know. Yeah, so this is uh, episode 123. Of the Twilight Zone aired in 1963 on October 11th. Dang, that is old. That is old timey. <laughs> yeah, classic stuff. And again, nobody really comes back. There's the, I think the Children of the Corn episode of the Twilight Zone. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. So I think that's what the inspiration for Darkest Night is. Oh. It is like a it's a podcast that really takes after the tradition of audio. Um, what were they called? Radio plays mm. back before TV was a thing. Yep. And then just the spirit of the Twilight Zone with just weird, creepy, supernatural, paranormal type things. Fair enough. Anyway, real good. Darkest Night. But again, if you're squeamish, if you don't like hearing like people's legs get torn off, don't maybe listen to this one. Mm. Content warning. <laughs> uh, uh, on the other side, I have a podcast recommendation for you, one called Ungenius. Ungeniused? Yeah. That's not a word. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it's a podcast. <laughs> that too. But what they do is they take fan suggestions and sometimes they dig stuff up on their own, but they find interesting Wikipedia articles is basically the premise, and they make a podcast about it. So, uh, for example, episode seven is called The Emu War which okay. details when in Western Australia a group of farmers who were having their crops destroyed by emus requested machine guns from the military to fight them. How, no, I no, that doesn't sound real. No, really? That's real. I will find you the Wikipedia article if you want. That is the most Australia thing of all time. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. I mean, not to spoil the podcast, but did it work? No. No. They spent like 15,000 rounds and killed like maybe 500. Yeah, sounds about right. And then the rest of the world found out what they were doing and kind of were like, what the hell? You can't just shoot emus. You can't shoot animals with machine guns. Not okay. You have to use, you know, single bullet 
guns. <laughs> no, they were like, you you should try and just route them somewhere else. You should not shoot them. I like this picture. Fallow caused by emus. There's like nothing in the picture, but mm. nothing. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Look great. at this empty nothingness. We promise emus did this. <laughs> <laughs> I swear our crops won't grow. It's all the emus' fault. It's the emus' fault. Why are there no pictures of the emus actually ravaging the crops? Come on, you guys. Get with this. Uh, probably because taking photos in 1932 was something you didn't do when a horde of emus was running at you. Well, but if it was happening persistently, you'd think somebody would get a picture. I'm going to search the Google for this. Emu. War. <laughs> images. I mean, you're right. 32 is a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Emu was smoking a cigarette. This is not a good image search to do. No. <laughs> Here's an educational cartoon about the Emu War. Wow. This sounds like a very educational podcast. It is. Ungenious. Yep. Uh, but they, they do some... More gruesome topics. What? Machine gun firing at emus isn't gruesome? It's pretty gruesome. <laughs> that is that is kind of <laughs> gruesome. Uh, but they do a, a episode entirely based on inventions that killed their inventors. Ooh, inventions that killed their inventors sounds incredible. It, it is. Uh, but some of my favorites are more like the world's littlest skyscraper. Uh, where Aww. they detail about how a con man basically robbed $200,000 from some people in Texas and built them maybe a two-and-a-half-story building instead of <laughs> the skyscraper that they were promised. But because nobody read the blueprints and realized that the size was in inches and not feet, uh, it was, you know, dismissed by the court. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty great. Uh, very short. They're only like 15 minutes a piece as well. So you can kind of burst through them real quick. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I will give it a subscribe for sure. Done. I'm sorry. I'm also reading a this comic about the Emu War. <laughs> Scenes from the Emu War. I sent you the link. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh... Yeah. November 1st, emus' mobility, durability, and blind panic render them virtually immune to machine gun bullets. <laughs> <laughs> November 5th, each pack seems to have its leader now, a big black plumed bird which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch. <laughs> <laughs> November 8th, Parliament rolls, rolls collective eyes, suggests any medals should go to emus who have won every round so far. <laughs> This is a great comic. This is amazing. By Corwin Briggs at veritablehokum.com. November 9th, Australia declares defeat. <laughs> Relinquishes occupied territory to new emu overlords. <laughs> oh my gosh. We are still there to this day. This is for 100% seriously the most Australian thing that's ever happened. This is incredible. I can't believe you Man. didn't know. No. So, I mean, the Utah equivalent of this, I'm not sure if you've heard this story, but early settlers in the Utah territory, which again is desert, so nobody wanted it, planted crops and did some irrigation to, you know, grow things because desert. And their first crop, all of a sudden, it's just starting to come up and this huge horde of locusts just comes rolling down and starts eating everything. And they're like, okay, this is the difference between us living and dying this winter. We need this food so bad. So the story goes, the settlers were religious. They prayed to God. And a giant flock of seagulls came over and ate all of the locusts and saved them. And that's why the seagull is the state bird of the state of Utah. Now you know. Why were the seagulls in a desert? Well, there's the Great Salt Lake. Okay. Which is kind of a habitat for seagulls i don't know where they came from originally they must have come from california flew over at some probably, point probably but the rats of the sky the trash birds that they are uh they are the state bird of the state that i live in fair enough yep so that's the most utah thing that's ever happened the most utah thing <laughs> i mean are there still locusts running around all over the gaff have they come back? Maybe. 
Not that I've heard of in recent times, though. Okay. That's good. Yep. Crickets, man. Dangerous stuff. <laughs> well, crickets and locusts aren't the same thing. Mm, they're cousins, though. Yeah, sort of. I'm pretty sure crickets, like, evolve over a couple of lifespans what? into locusts. Like Pokemon? <laughs> well, not when they, like, <laughs> win enough fights. Your but... cricket is evolving. <laughs> it has become Locuston. That's not a good name for a locust Pokemon. I gotta do better. No. Yeah, try again. <laughs> Locusrio. <laughs> no, I'm failing so bad at this. This is harder than it should be. Uh, that's okay. You're doing better than the people who actually make Pokemon. Truth. Especially locust. the people who make Pokemon Go. They apparently held some big tournament or uh, like festival. Uh, yeah. That completely crashed and nobody got anything and they paid money yep. and flew there and whew. there were there were too many people for the local mobile networks to handle mm. so they couldn't access pokemon plus they sold too many tickets for the number of people that could fit inside the venue mm. by a lot i mean somebody posted a picture of how big the venue was and then the numbers of how many tickets they sold and it was like Maybe 5,000 people can fit in this area where we're doing all this stuff, and they sold like 50,000 tickets. It was bad. That is terrible. They oversold it hard. Yep. Once again, Nintendo PR is just horrific. They just can't get things right. Well, I, think, I think Nintendo has dis distanced themselves from Niantic, the people who are actually running the event. Like, Nintendo wasn't actually at fault here. It's just their property. Really? Yeah, because uh, Niantic owns is like the Pokemon company. That's their slogan. So they run, well, they make the Pokemon games. They run the servers for Pokemon Go, and they organize the event. Is my understanding of it? If I'm wrong, so feel free to tell me. Uh -huh. Okay, so I'm looking. Mm -hmm. This article does call it Niantic's mm -hmm. Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, which was bad, and they're delaying their upcoming European events previously scheduled for august so it is giving all credit to niantic here huh all right so nintendo's not i mean it's hard right because pokemon is a nintendo thing they own everything pokemon yeah and so it's it, it is a black eye to them even if they didn't necessarily have any blame for this failure that's too bad for them but it hurts i mean i think nintendo's got enough problems so that we don't really need to push this one on them I, we don't need to pick at pokemon to find faults with nintendo no, no, we don't. Are there any switches available in the U.S. yet? Uh, yes. Hang on, quick search. Nintendo. <laughs> or do you have to buy from a third-party scalper? Mm. Or they're the bundles. The bundles are always available, right? Are they? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, you could buy like a five hundred dollar bundle. <laughs> pretty much all the time, but if you just wanted a straight-up base system, that was what was impossible to find. Okay. Like, here's a Switch bundle with 11 items for $836. Yep, you can buy that one if you want. I will pass. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. No thank you. Here's actually, okay, here's a uh, Nintendo Switch with neon blue and neon red Joy-Con, 32 gigabyte. Available on the Ebays. Yep, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, that does not count. No. So, no, looks like I can't find a base system anywhere. So I was in EB Games the other day, and I saw that they had Switches for sale, and a base system is a bundle. Like, you can't... I, I, I didn't ask them how much is it just for it, because I was just looking at all their deals. The bundle that you get comes with two Amiibos. So no games, but it comes with two Amiibos. And it mm. is $463. Australian. So... That know, is steep. I don't... You'd have to do the calculation to work out it into American dollars. All right, so I am on Amazon, and I'm finding Nintendo Switch with neon blue and neon red joysticks for three ninety. Is that retail? Don't know. I think it is. I think that might be what it's retailing for. So maybe you can. Maybe you can find it on Amazon right now. Maybe. Thirteen left in stock. I think this is it. Although sold by Good Deal Electronics, fulfilled by Amazon. Hmm. Whoever Good Deal is. Don't know. Don't know. Don't I know my brothers. My brothers have it on the way. Um, they're my youngest brothers, 18 and 12, 18 and 13. And they pulled together their money from like lawn mowing and stuff to get one. And they said they went through GameStop 
what they went to GameStop and put in with a bunch of other people. I guess GameStop can buy them in bulk hmm. direct from Nintendo as long as they know they have buyers for them in the States. And so they did that. And then they shipped them directly to the home, which is nice. You don't have to go to the GameStop to pick it up. Hmm. But no, no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh. Fair enough, I say. So it looks like maybe it's possible to get a Nintendo Switch for retail cost, at least in the United States. So I worked it out. Uh, $463 Australian is about 370 US. Okay, yeah. That sounds reasonable. It does. It does seem entirely reasonable. But it does come with no games. So games in Australia are like $90 Australian. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Man, alive. Yeah. Game prices are nuts. Even, again, even for digital downloads, right? Yeah, yeah. Even for digital downloads. On Steam, we will pay US prices. They like they list them in US prices. Yeah. Not Australians. So I'd technically pay the same amount as you, but just the amount that actually wrong. comes out of my wallet is slightly larger. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool. Nintendo Switch news. Oh, StarCraft Brood War Remastered. We got to talk about this. Ooh, we do. Remember how last week we were like, yeah, you can maybe find one or two videos of gameplay on YouTube <laughs> if you search from this random channel we've never seen before. Now they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Blizzard was like, you guys want gameplay? Here, have some gameplay. <laughs> Just threw up everywhere. And it's actually released in Korea right now. Uh, amazing. I mean, I understand that it is the national sport of Korea. 100% get that. So they should get it first, but... I mean, it makes me feel bad <laughs> a little bit. Because <laughs> you want it, and you can't have it. Can't? No. Welcome to the rest of the world, I suppose. Mm. I've been seeing on Twitter that lots of people like Maynard and Nathanius have been getting just codes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, famous people. Yeah, famous people are getting it. I think Winter got one. And then I also saw that... Nathanius has been complaining. I just got the worst chat I've ever had because I'm a StarCraft 2 guy. <laughs> yeah, there's been a mixed reaction to Brood War. I've been posting those on my channel every week or so, and a lot of people are like, oh man, thanks for posting Brood War. It's hard to find English commentary on this stuff. And some people are like, this looks like crap. <laughs> How do people like this? And it's like, oh, it's nostalgic for a lot of people. Some people still like the balance and the way it works and Anyway, there's a lot of different reasons people like it, but there's definitely more of a uh, a backlash than I thought there would be. Yeah, it's always odd to see people who are just like, someone else is doing something and I'm going to get mad about it for reasons. Yeah, it's like just live and let live. Let people like what they want to like, yo. People want to watch Brood Bowl? I don't have a problem with it. No, definitely not. So yeah, so again... Um, have we mentioned our contest in this podcast yet? We have not. Huh. Okay, so here's the contest. For those of you who do not know, and again, we have to mention it in every podcast because some people don't listen to every podcast, which I can't imagine how that's a thing, but it is. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes specifically. On iTunes, you can listen to us on several different platforms. Google Play has it in the United States at least. Uh, Last.fm has it. Beyond Pod, the app can access it as well, which is what I use. But go to iTunes, give us a review, write it, write the review. It doesn't have to be glowing. It doesn't have to say how much you love us and you listen to all our podcasts and we make rainbows come out of your ears. But it needs to be clever. It needs to be hilarious. If it makes us both laugh a lot, then we will send you a copy of Brood War Remastered when it's available we will. to us. And this has been a real exercise in learning that getting proper feedback is just hard. I've heard you mention that a couple times while you've been casting mm -hmm. with the Golan, because they, I, I did a little background digging, and this is probably all going to get cut, but it turns out to get a like the customer review ratings to go from we have not had enough to here's what the average is, is five. Wow, so, so we don't have five yet? So we don't have five, We which makes me believe that it doesn't like slowly like check to make sure the reviews are legitimate, that we actually only just have two. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, you guys, if you want a copy of Star Wars Brood War, or Star Wars, StarCraft Brood War Remastered, your your competition is super low right now. Super low. Literally anyone could do it. 
Yep. Anyone. We're not asking you to listen on iTunes, of course not. But that's just a good place to aggregate reviews. So, and we want our reviews to just be jokes. So. Yep. I want people to come to the podcast and say, I wonder what the reviews look like. And then just laugh their faces off because that's a good experience. That's exactly. I want them to associate laughter with our podcast. That's a good thing. Mm. Advertisers go for that. Yep. Bring the dank memes, fam. Oh, don't do that. Memes are being disqualified. Oh, are they? Judges ruling? Uh, unless they're really good. If they're derivative, like every other meme in existence, no. Well, that's what a meme is. It's like a repeated image. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just saying, if you can blow my mind with some creativity in your meme game, then go for it. But most people can't pull that off. So if your memes aren't like all memes by definition, they're okay. Um, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you basically said. If they're not all memes by definition? Well, no, no, no. By definition, all memes are just images that are being repeated. That's what a meme is. Right? A joke yeah. that's been told over and over again. You're like, well, if yours is a creative meme that I've never seen before, it's therefore not a meme because it hasn't been repeated. Okay, but it's not the same image repeated. It's all, it's der, 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 derivations. Is that the word? <laughs> Derivation? <laughs> Derivative. Derivatives? Derivatives. I think derivations is a word too, though, is I've, it not? I've never heard der derivation. I can't even say it. Derivations, derivations. to the internet. Sometimes there are words in my head that don't actually exist. Mm. Derivations. But anyway, the point is, the point of a meme is not that it's the exact same thing reposted a million times and people think it's hilarious every time because that's not how humor works, right? No. It is an individual spin on something that uses familiar elements that makes it funny. Yes. Okay, so, so don't bring the dank memes, fam. Just bring the comedy. Yeah, just do the funnies. So I'm searching derivation. And it's like, do you mean derivative? <laughs> so you have, uh, you have a fake word in your head? Sometimes that happens. Derivation. Oh, derivation. There we go. Wow. In grammar, the set of stages that link the abstract underlying structure of an expression to its surface form. I don't think that's what I intended. That is not what you intended. <laughs> no. The formation of a word from another word or from a root in the same or another language. That's kind of like that. A derivation. I think that's what I was trying to say, but if it's only specifically for words, then maybe I'm using it wrong. It's possible, but yeah. I won't hold it against you. Good. S safe space. I, I have a degree in communications. I can break the rules and make my own words. That's how that works. Is it? <laughs> yep. I, I have a degree in graphic design. I still get a professional to do my graphic design work. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't... That is that... Hmm. Is that the norm? Um, no. I just happened, oh. to, I just happened to get the degree uh, while I was in high school. Uh, and I was never particularly good at it, just enough to pass. Um, because hmm. our high schools will do a thing where... If you don't really like some of your subjects, you can drop one and take a the place I was talking about earlier. Take if you can take up a TAFE course, and they were offering uh, graphic design. And for various reasons, I didn't like some of my classes in my final year of high school because I changed schools for the very last year, uh -huh. and I was very eager to get out of some of those classes. So, Just did the minimum. Yeah, I went and did... Well, I got to get out... I got to leave school at midday on a Monday and go to a TAFE and just work with, like, four other people on a graphic design course. Oh, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, so it was pretty chill, and I got out of some classes I hated because a teacher... Essentially, a teacher asked me to bring in my book from my old school so she could see and sign off on the work I did for the year before, right? So I did gulp this book, and I handed it to her, and I am not organized. <laughs> there are pages stuck in, like, my handwriting is illegible, and she goes, no, do all of last year's work again. No. No. That's not something you ever want to hear. And I got to hear that twice in that year of high school. I'll get to that in a second. So I said, no. <laughs> and I went and said, can I please do a TVET course? <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to drop. Science. Uh, I think I was doing physics and biology. So I'm like, can I drop those two courses? And they're like, yeah, all right. Essentially, I was doing an extra course for various reasons. 
So one of them I could drop for nothing. And they're like, all right, sweet. And then the other one was like, all right, you have to replace that with another course. And then a couple of weeks later, I was already doing my TAFE course. I was in ancient history. Now, because I had moved from another school, not all the courses I had done for my year 11 uh, were offered to seniors at this new school. And so I picked up ancient history and I dropped graphic design, right? Because they didn't offer that to seniors, which is why I did a graphic design course when I dropped science. And then basically they realized maybe six months to the end of the year that I haven't completed year 11 ancient history. So they was they said, you have to do year 11 ancient history if you want to graduate. Oh. Oh, and conveniently, there's a year 11 class when one of your free periods is. So you can just sit in with that. All right. I got to be the year 12 in with all the year 11s at a new school. That was, mm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Fortunately for me, I was very good at history. <laughs> history is great. Yeah. I understand some people find it boring and the worst subject ever, but man, I just feel like there's so much you can draw mm. from learning from the past. Like, for example, if emus ever show up in my hometown <laughs> and the people are like, let's get machine guns, I'll say, no, lesson from history. Australia has already taught us this is a bad idea. See, we save a ton of time and money. Yeah, just get an AC-130 instead. <laughs> that's not the lesson you're learning the wrong lessons from history wait the wrong lessons <laughs> well what, what i'm seeing with the emu war is that it was just mishandled that they didn't get a big enough gun <laughs> you either have to go one way or the other it's either get a bigger gun or get more guns uh you sound like an american right now are you sure you don't have some american blood in your in your body I'm 100% sure that we should mm -hmm. not be using guns to hunt emus. Oh, Everyone right. knows spears is much better. Actually, probably. It's entirely possible, but if you get close enough to an emu, those things are six feet tall and can run at 45 kilometers per hour. They can... And have crazy big claws on their feet. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you do not want to pick a fight with an emu. <laughs> no, kangaroos and emus. Don't pick hand-to-hand -hand combat fights with those guys. Yeah, no, no. No, they will mess you up. Just back away slowly and then exit out of the zoo calmly. Yep. Don't jump over the fence in the first place. Yeah, that's that's a bad idea. Yeah. Life tips. Life tips from Falcon <laughs> and Wade. <laughs> Do not jump over the fence into the animal enclosures of the zoo. Uh, I think we're pretty much at time. Yeah, I think so. I think we've made it through. So again, show notes. For anybody who doesn't know, Wade goes through the podcast and listens to it again a few times and gets show notes where you can go to links showing all the stuff we talked about. Mm -hmm. Really good stuff. If you ever have questions like, what are they talking? Well, I want to see this cartoon. There's a link to it in the show notes. So check it out. Mm -hmm. yeah. On the place wherever you got this here podcast from should have the show notes that come with it. All right. So that's going to be it from us. Thanks again for listening to the Falcon Paladin Hour with Wade. And until next time, as always, thank you so much for listening. And you take care of yourself. Once we thought that we'll stay young And these bodies never gold But when I opened up my eyes I said, grow old with me Stay beautiful for life I'll fade away in the darkness And leave me here This world is a cold place without you